hello there. Welcome back to another episode of I Love This, You Should Too, a podcast with my co-host, Indy Randawa. Hello. And I'm Samantha Hees, and we are here to introduce you to this week's movie pick. Oh, it's going to be a good one, I assume. (laughs) (laughs) How are you, Indy? I'm doing all right. How about you, Sam? I'm awesome. Awesome? I'm awesome. What made it so awesome? I'm just, you know, it's getting warmer. It's nicer outside. It's sunny. I'm happy. It literally snowed today, and it is not sunny. <laughs> not currently. All day. It was pretty there grim was out sun. there. There, there was sun. It did exist. <laughs> We're recording this a little bit early, so hopefully by the time it comes out, it's it going to be, be so spring. nice and warm. We have a very late spring here in Edmonton, and it's lots of fake spring before we get real spring. So I'm just trying to stay optimistic. Today I was doing like funny mind tricks to myself and I was thinking that it's early October and I just kept telling myself that and it made me happy because I was like, oh, Halloween's coming because it really felt like October today. Yeah. Do you ever try to trick yourself like that? Occasionally I won't think about it and I'll come outside and like it'll smell like fall or it'll be December and it'll smell like spring and then I have to remind myself that no, we have another like three months of winter left. Another fun trick yourself thing. I had a friend who used to go to water fountains and stuff in school. And like, and he would say, it's so much better if you just pretend like it's Coke. And then he would just turn it on and go, mmm, Coke. And, uh, Cocaine? Coca-Cola. Okay. <laughs> it's like if someone gives you a drink and you think it's one thing and yeah. then it's not that, you think it is that thing for a while. I do that sometimes when I have, because you know how much I love multiple drinks at a meal. Mm-hmm. Like, Sounds like an alcoholic when you say <laughs> it like no, that. No, no, no. I mean like I love a water and like. A gin, a rum, a beer, and some sparkling wine. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds great. That's called a Samantha four-course meal. <laughs> I'm not an alcoholic. <laughs> no, you're a connoisseur. Okay, yeah. I was just thinking about brunch where I'll have like a water, a coffee, and a mimosa. And then sometimes you pick up your coffee and you think it's going to be mimosa. And then you're like, oh, that's weird. <laughs> I love the face you did for that. <laughs> oh, oh, hey, guys. Whoa. <laughs> and I actually really love that that sensation that is one of your favorite things it never happens to me though i feel like i haven't had one of those in like 15 years Hmm. and i tell people if you can try to switch my drinks and it never happens but also i feel like i shouldn't be telling people to (laughs) trick me into drinking stuff that sounds like you're asking to be roofied yeah but you i trust that you won't roofie me or if you do that you'll get me to bed all right i will you won't just leave me on the street always get you to bed all right when i'm roofing yeah (laughs) so you try to trick me okay in the near future i need to put things like more of your drinks in sippy cups that's so (laughs) you can't see because i I feel like you look at what you're drinking more often than like just drink blindly that is very true. When I get a beer, like the beer we have today, yes. I usually am uh, quite pretentious about it. I look at it. You hold it up to the light. And then I smell it. And then I have a sip. More riveting <laughs> podcasting. <laughs> I like that we both did that together. <laughs> what are we drinking today, Samantha? Uh, today, we are drinking the Muskoka Brewery Community Venture Collaboration Quebec Chocolate and Orange Ale. I never know how to pronounce that. Kvik? Kvik? Kvak. Kvak, really? I just I just read it. Oh. Kvak. 
Um, I'm sure I'm pronouncing it wrong, though. You should just tweet us and tell us how to pronounce it because I'm just assuming. It is an 8% beer. It comes in a very fancy large bottle. And uh, this is one of Indy's special occasion beers. So I feel very honored that we opened it tonight for podcasting. I always see these expensive beers and go like, oh, I want that. And then I buy them and I never feel like, oh, today's the day where we drink it. So I looked in our little beer closet and I have a bunch of fancy beers. So I thought, you know what? We need to bring it. Listeners, up we literally have a beer closet. <laughs> we do. Well, we brew. We so. brew. Um, and it's currently got our latest batch of beer in it. So yeah, it's going to be a wheat beer. It's going to be a wheat beer. Um, Indy, what kind of beer did you make this time? I have a raspberry wheat. Ooh, that's a very classic Indian Samantha beer. Yeah. We love a good raspberry raspberry beer. Um, and I made an orange spice black tea wheat beer. Um, it smells very good. Our friend Mike brought me some, uh, like drink bitters that, or drink syrup that he made himself. And I immediately threw it in beer because I am not a mixing my own cocktails kind of person. I feel like we've given him shout outs before, but you know, I don't know if we have since that really great t-shirt design of his. Yeah. So if you, uh, like us, are kind of fed up with this current Alberta government, he has this really cool Petroleum Thought Crimes Unit t-shirt. Yes. And uh, we'll put up a link in the show notes. Yes. Uh, All of his social media is Ironclad Folly. Go support our fabulous friend, Mike. And his lovely wife, Kelsey. And go complain about this government at any point. This government. So we are at a point right now where all of our parks are being shut down or sold. Sold. Like, they're literally selling parkland now. So I... I feel like I need to keep up on what's happening politically, but I also just want to like bury my head in the sand. It's like the same thing that happened with Trump, where there's so much terrible stuff that you only even pay attention to the really terrible stuff that directly affects you because there's so much of it that you can't keep up. Exactly. That's how I felt at the beginning. And then they started cutting uh, school sports funding, which affects my ability to coach and my ability to coach children who actually need sports in their lives. And I just was livid and I have not stopped being livid since. Welcome to my world. I know. <laughs> I know. I just live in lividity. Lividity. That's going to be the name of my next beer, maybe. <gasps> lividity. That oh. sounds good, huh? You could do like just a... an angry beer. Caricature of our premiere. I was thinking a raspberry shaking its fist. Oh, that sounds good, too. Lividity. Lividity. Anyways, this is a podcast about movies and stuff. And not political stuff or beer. (laughs) Although sometimes... Sometimes beer. We border on both. Okay, getting back on topic here. (laughs) After all that politics and beer talk, uh, Indy, do you have a pick of the week? Yes. Yes, I do. Surprising. (laughs) So since we are just introducing our big main movie, we each are picking something that we're a little bit into right now. I was kind of improvising for both of my things today. So I just went over to my DVD cabinet, picked two movies, and one's my (laughs) pick of the week, and one is going to be the movie for next week. So my pick of the week is a movie called Dead Alive. Or brain dead, depending on which country you are in. Oh, interesting. I love when movies have, like, different titles based on the language that they're translated into. Well, I think it was brain dead in New Zealand and dead alive here. So it's not like it was a language thing. Interesting. But I didn't choose this to be my main movie because... I don't think you would love it, but (laughs) you saw a few clips that I was just watching 
uh, a few minutes ago. If you're not familiar out there, it's from 1992. It's a Peter Jackson movie. Okay. Uh, Peter Jackson is the wonderful director of Bad Taste and then Dead Alive. He also did some other little small movies like the Lord of the Rings trilogy oh, and yeah, King okay. Kong. Just and those little movies. The Hobbit, Lovely Bones, things like that that I guess are fine. Just but like little movies. When I got to know him, it was Bad Taste first, Dead Alive, The Frighteners, and he was like a great genre horror guy. He really spoke to me at a young age because I started making movies, like of course, little garbage handicam movies, probably when I was six or seven I made our we made our first ones mm-hmm. and they were always horror comedy that can kind of was our genre and then we got to see someone like Peter Jackson doing just amazing things amazing effects especially with very small budgets and looking at a guy like that that really gave us something to aspire to and then when he became the guy who did Lord of the Rings that you'd think that would encourage us more but in fact I was just like well we're not doing that so uh, I guess this guy's out of our league now but you can still see the same things that made him a great low budget horror filmmaker is what made him great as like this giant blockbuster filmmaker because he is just has great innovative ideas for the technology that's available to him and he gets the most out of all the technology that he has but uh back to dead alive Mm -hmm. it's a zombie movie yes it is it's ridiculously gory (laughs) and that's saying something because i've seen some some gory movies you have but this isn't even a disturbing gory i'm sure it is disturbing to a lot of people and probably everyone but it's not disturbing in a strict realist sense right none of the violence in this seems particularly grounded in reality no it's very much you can tell that it's makeup and dummies and kind of fake blood and it's it's camp it's over the top Mm -hmm. it's ridiculous and it's hilarious (laughs) he's not going for real scares a lot of the time he's not going for you to sympathize with the victims of the violence it's there for a laugh and i guess that's the kind of movie we didn't talk about too much because anytime there is real violence in a movie you have to undercut the tension in some sort of way right we always talk about the avengers movies we'll do some silly quips afterwards Mm -hmm. quentin tarantino will have some comic relief soon after a violent scene and it's not always for the best yes yeah and then movies that don't do that are very stressful movies to watch yes absolutely. that could be to great effect depending on what they're going Mm -hmm. for because you're on like high alert the entire time Mm mm-hmm And these movies, uh, The Dead Alives of the World, they are all about using your nervous reaction to violence to get you to laugh rather than to gasp. And I found it very effective because I remember I probably saw this for the first time when I was 12 or 13. And we just laughed and laughed through (laughs) all of these very grotesque things. And these movies, too, if you're not familiar with this, like, tiny subgenre of horror, it's a big part of it to have really innovative new ways to kill people mm-hmm. and i've made some movies like this <laughs> and it's always about the kill it's like okay well we have a kill here what are we going to do with it what do we have money to do and dead alive does not 
let you down in that department. It takes a while to get started, but when it gets to the climax in this one house, there are just horrific, horrific kill scenes of zombies every, like, 30 seconds. (laughs) One of my favorite ones is somebody is screaming, and you kind of get a zoom up on her as she screams, and then someone's hand comes through the back of her head and out her mouth, and then the hand continues to go forward and strangle someone else. Like, that's that's brilliantly done. It's It's crazy how it's done. There's someone else who's spine is kind of outside of their body making them almost like giraffe like yeah and someone grabs their spine and swings their head into a fridge or something oh and it God. explodes like a watermelon there's a scene where there's just so many zombies around someone so they lift up a lawnmower and just kind of mow them down Run straight forward them. There's a bunch of organs that escape a person and then they have a character of themselves yeah. and they look in the mirror and kind of like fix their hair that as if funny. they were a person. I liked that. That was a funny moment. It's all very ridiculous, but very innovative and uh, well done, especially when you consider the budget that movies like this have. Yeah. It also has a kung fu priest. So that's pretty <laughs> cool. Who kicks ass for the Lord. As nice. He says. As they should. Yeah. I remember watching this when I was a kid, and I probably didn't eat custard for about 15 years after that. So there's some real gross stuff as well, but later on it gets less straight gross out and more ridiculous and fun. So that is my pick of the week, Peter Jackson's Dead Alive or Brain Dead. (laughs) Go watch it. So you saw a few seconds of it. What did you think? It was uh, it was something. I uh, we watched it kind of skipping through. We just watched some like select scenes. Um, I don't know that it's a movie that I'd really want to watch, but um, I understand. Like I can see why you would want to watch it. Um, I just don't think it's my style of movie. No, but I feel like. Even you, you were seeing some parts and going like, whoa. Like, yeah. It's something you hadn't seen before. No, it's, it's very much like you described. It's uh, gratuitous violence, but in kind of a comical way, in like yeah. an unreal way. And uh, I can appreciate that for yeah. sure. And if you didn't grow up on these kind of movies, it's probably not something that you've seen before. So check it out. And if you have any interest in horror comedy, you've probably already seen it. And if you haven't, go watch it yeah. now. There we go. <laughs> what is your pick of the week for our audience today um big surprise sam sam's talking about a book again (laughs) um i feel like my last couple picks have been books i don't know why i'm staying away from i think it's because i read so many books yeah which book do i that's fair you do you like double or triple me in book listening reading consuming um so i usually just read my book club books and then like light fluff on the side but um there's a book that has been um kind of recommended to me multiple times and when i brought it to book club and said has anybody read this they had all read it so i was like well i guess i have to I guess i have to catch up um so the book is called educated um it's by tara westover um it came out in 2018 um and it's about a girl who kind of overcomes her survivalist mormon family and gets an education um if you're not familiar with kind of the fundamentalist mormon faith um and then she has an added bonus kind of 
religion of survivalism and being able to survive end times and come out kind of pure and victorious and go to heaven. Um, so do they believe that the end is, is an eye? It's is coming not, any day? Yeah, now? yeah, yeah. Um, and this was, um, her childhood was before uh, like the millennium. So she grew up with her dad preaching that like Y2K was going to happen and that they needed to have like five or ten years worth of food supply available to them. Um, so that on top of the kind of fundamentalist Mormon uh, beliefs that they had of like polygamy um, – about how women's only job was to procreate and to keep the home. And so this girl, uh, Tara, never actually got a uh, formal education. Um, Her mom taught her at home. And then uh, when she was old enough to kind of earn some money for her father, uh, she was sent to work in their scrapyard that they owned. So she never actually got an education until... uh, her brother, who ran away to Utah to go to Brigham Young University, he kind of encouraged her to go as well. And so then she got an education and she realized um, things like learning that the Holocaust happened. Um, she was like 18 when she realized that the Holocaust, she learned about the Holocaust. She didn't know what it meant. Um, when they were talking about it in the lecture that she was in and she had to look it up in the library after and her friends didn't understand like why because she didn't really talk about her background so I really enjoyed the um kind of the look at things that we take for granted um having gone to school and not being a part of some of these really extremist um groups and so uh I was very thankful for the education that I have but also um in the end she ends up becoming a doctor so she goes kind of all the way through school and it was really nice to see kind of a happy ending to a really bad kind of beginning for her. So the title is Educated. Does it place a lot of emphasis on the education that she gets and the lack that she had earlier? Yes. And it she talks about um, kind of learning stuff just by buying textbooks and hiding them in her room so that her dad doesn't see and learning um, basically forcing herself through algebra and stuff so that she can pass her entrance exams to get into Brigham Young. And uh, so she realizes how little education that she's been given, even though her parents think they're giving her this, like, world-class homeschool education. And really, she's like, I did not learn anything that was useful at home. Hmm. And she realizes later in life that a lot of what she'd learned wasn't true. Does it ever get into what her family did when the apocalypse didn't happen? Or do they just think, oh, well, it's going to keep coming? So she also studies psychology um, quite a bit when she goes to Brigham Young. And she diagnoses her father um, with bipolar disorder and schizophrenia. So her father was one of those people who could kind of come up with an excuse for anything, which I think a lot of cult leaders really kind of excel at. And so she just grew up knowing that her father's word was law and went forward from that. And so if her dad said that, you know, oh, it wasn't Y2K, it's going to be this next thing, then they believed it. I wish those shows that existed right before, I think 2012 was one of the big ones. And there was all these shows about doomsday preppers. Yeah. I want to see 
like a one year later yeah. <laughs> when they go back and be like, so never happened. Hey, guys. Mm-hmm. And I want to hear what they have to say then, because so many people were like, this is the year. And I was yeah. like, why? Why? Why this year? Yeah, it's really interesting how um, there were parts in the book where her family would literally come try and save her. She was studying in um, England at Cambridge, and her family flew out to try and convince her that she needed to come home because the end times were coming, and at least go back to Brigham Young in Utah because we can come get you from there fast enough. And it's a Mormon school. And it's a Mormon school, so we know that you're not studying socialism and those kinds of things and getting kind of brainwashed by the outside. Um, And their big thing was that they could drive to get her in time that she would be safe. Yeah. Is socialism anti-Mormon or are Mormons anti-socialism? He was, uh, her dad was very anti-socialism. Everything was socialist this, socialist that. It's funny because when you look at like Jesus related stuff, Jesus is a socialist. <laughs> but, you know. Yeah, it, it's really interesting. But like you also realize just how mentally ill he was throughout the course of the yeah. book. And she wrote um, quite a few papers using her dad as a fictitious uncle and her professors were all like did this person get help hmm. even though they knew like oh it's fictitious um they're like no this is clearly a real person that you're writing about because it's very like specific and true sounding hmm. and so she realized very quickly that what her father believed and what he'd always led her to believe wasn't at all true so sounds interesting it's a really good book what's the name of the author again uh tara westover all right Educated by Carol I almost wished it was longer because it... Uh, you don't say that after many books. I do not. Um, but this was one of those ones where I just wanted to know every little minute and detail of her life. I just finished a 1,300-page book and <laughs> I kind of wish there was another little bit. Yeah. I so know. like a really well-written book is amazing. Yeah. I just finished a book club book that was 24 hours long and that I had to listen to at 1.75 speed because it was so poorly edited. <laughs> So I uh, I am all for books being shorter than they like are at publication, but this one was one that I just really wanted to keep going. Do you get your own planet in Mormon heaven? Is that a Mormon thing? That can't be right. I'm not 100% sure. I know the afterlife is like you get your own place. I'm not sure if it's a planet. Like their belief in pluralism. Um, if you have more than three wives, you are automatically uh, granted your own place in heaven with your wives. And the more wives you have, the bigger your place is. Ooh. So. But if I get many wives, yeah. I get a bigger house is what you're saying. Yes. Deal. I'm in. No, we're not practicing pluralism. <laughs> but I want, I want like a study and a games room, a theater room, perhaps a basement. If I could just watch movies for the rest of my life in a recliner, I think I'd be pretty happy. <laughs> okay, we'll talk about this later. Okay, let's let's find some wives. We have to find some rich wives, though. Rich wives, yes. I don't want, yeah, we can't. Poor wives aren't going to help us at all. No. We have enough poor people in this house. <laughs> <laughs> rich wives, if you're rich, you want to marry a lovely couple, get back to us. Get back to us. <laughs> <laughs> Increases our chances in heaven. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to pivot real quick and change the subject <laughs> yes, here. Yes, please. Um, Indy, what is the movie that we're watching this week? Oh, yeah. So if somehow this is your first episode, this is how it works. We take turns showing a movie to the other person, something that they haven't seen, but something that I love. So I wasn't sure what to do. I had this big plan of what types of movies 
And this week I was like, you know what, I don't know where to go. So I picked a movie pretty much at random. And that movie is Being John Malkovich. Oh. Do you know anything about this movie? I know the name. The name of the movie or John Malkovich? The name of the movie. Okay. I've heard it before. I don't think I know anything about this movie. Do you know who John Malkovich is? No. This is a good place to start. Okay. John Malkovich is an actor, a a quite successful actor, but I would say that he's kind of below that superstar because, well, you don't even know Mm -hmm. who he is exactly. So John Malkovich was in Empire of the Sun, Dangerous Liaisons, Of Mice and Men was probably my favorite movie that I've seen him in, Con Air, Rounders, he was in that Messenger movie. The Joan of Arc one. Okay. He was in Shadow of the Vampire. Have you ever seen Shadow of the Vampire? No. We should do that as a double header. Triple header. Quadruple header. Oh. So you do Nosferatu, the original Murnau right. one. Then you do Nosferatu in German, the Werner Herzog one. Then you do the English one. And then you do Shadow of the Vampire. Because Shadow of the Vampire is a fictionalized retelling of the making of Nosferatu. Oh, interesting. Wait, what are I've we seen clips about? from Nosferatu. Did I make you watch them? No. <laughs> Good. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Hard to tell. I've definitely made children watch clips of that for film studies units. Good thing I'm not a children. <laughs> <laughs> you are a children. <laughs> uh, he was in a Gustav Klimt biopic a while ago. So he's a, a successful actor. And this movie is a Spike Jones movie. Do you know Spike Jones? Not Spike Lee. Not Spike Lee. Oh, this is my second Spike in a row. Yeah. Um, no, I don't know Spike Jones. So some of his movies are uh, Where the Wild Things Are, Her, Adaptation, and he's also done a lot of music videos, some shorts and documentaries. Have you ever seen any of those ones? No. Maybe Her? Is that the one with, uh, like, the robot? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that. Okay. Yeah. How'd you like that? I liked it. I, I thought really it was it. really interesting, um, like as a concept, especially just the idea of AI becoming like a viable thing to have a relationship with. Mm-hmm. I found that very interesting. That's actually one that I would like to see again. Well, now that I look at it, the features of his that I can think of are being John Malkovich, where the wild things are, her and adaptation. Spike Jones might be one of those 100% directors for me. Oh. A director where I really like 100% of his stuff. Do no wrong. Hmm. Oh, interesting. He's also really involved in the jackass stuff. Really? Yeah. Oh, see, I don't like him anymore. (laughs) You know what? So I have no desire to watch any of that. I feel like I don't mind them. Eh. Like Johnny Knoxville, is that the guy's name? He's set up to be the biggest douche in the world. I feel like he's a nice guy. Eh. Am I wrong? I think Johnny Knoxville might be a nice guy. I don't know. I've never taken the time to learn anything else about him. But the idea, I hate like America's Funniest Home Videos. Mm-hmm. Anything where people are getting laughs because they're getting hurt. I just like, I can't stand that brand of humor. It just like, I hate it so much. I agree. And then I'll see someone like fall and it's funny. There's just something, something deep down where people falling is funny. And it's not. It kind of is. It's not. I'm going to find, what if it's like a puppy 
that's going up the stairs and then falls down a couple. No, that's so sad. No, but it's funny. No, I want to go help the puppy get up the stairs. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's the coach in me. I don't want to see people get hurt. Wait, what are we talking about again? Um, John Malkovich. Being John Malkovich. Um, And it's written by Charlie Kaufman, who wrote Adaptation, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, Synecdoche, New York, Anomalisa. And he's one of those writers where I feel like I might love everything he's done. Interesting. And he's one of the few writers where you can watch one of his movies and be like, oh, Charlie Kaufman wrote this. And it's very clear that he did. Hmm. It's a pretty tricky movie to describe, or it's a deceptively simple movie to describe. There's a room that gives you access to John Malkovich's brain. Oh, okay. That's the movie, but the Criterion Collection DVD has a little... Another Criterion movie. I feel like the majority of the ones I've done have been Criterion. Yeah, that's why I'm surprised that you're picking more. Well, the criterion, they, the they know yeah. they know what's good. Okay. So the DVD has a kind of insert for an advertisement for this movie. Oh. And it's done in a fun way. So I can, I'm just going to read you what the advertisement for the movie says from the Criterion Collection. Okay. Have you ever wanted to be someone else? Or more specifically, have you ever wanted to crawl through a portal hidden in an anonymous office building, and thereby enter the cerebral cortex of John Malkovich for 15 minutes before being spat out onto the side of the New Jersey Turnpike? Then director Spike Jones and writer Charlie Kaufman have the movie for you. Melancholy marionettes, office drudgery, a frizzy-haired Cameron Diaz, but that's not all! Surrealism, possession, John Cusack, a domesticated primate, Freud, Catherine Keener, non-sequiturs, And absolutely no romance. (laughs) But wait, get your being John Malkovich now and we'll throw in emasculation, slapstick, Abelard and Eloise, and extra Malkovich, Malkovich, Malkovich. (laughs) Well, that sounds exciting. I'm in. I think that's probably like all we need to say about yeah, it. Yeah, I think it's, that's... Um, it's absurd, it's surrealist, it's clever and funny and a little heartbreaking at times too. But it's something different. Interesting. So when I picked this one, I was like, you know what? It's not very heavy in the grand scheme of things. There's some parts of that that are. But it's something that we really haven't dealt with too much yet yeah okay well i'm in i'm kind of excited about this movie now what do you think it's gonna be like i have no idea Uh, i think it's gonna be kind of sci-fi ish um i think there'll be a primate of some sort that's true (laughs) and And a frizzy haired cameron diaz uh other than that i'm not sure but i'm excited to find out funny i saw this in theaters and i didn't realize it was cameron diaz until probably halfway through the movie she doesn't really look like how she normally looks yeah she's usually very uh well groomed not so frizzy haired yeah so i have one last question how long is this movie it is about 110 minutes okay it's a pretty reasonable time yeah it's not gone with the wind no (laughs) thank goodness it's from 1999 which now that I think about seeing it in theaters, I was uh, pretty young. Probably too young to see that in theaters? <laughs> no, not too young, but I'm often impressed that 17 through 20-year-old me had much more 
refined taste in film than I do now. Now I'm just like, yeah, Captain America, awesome. (laughs) Then I'm like, 17 year old you would have been very upset with current you. No, because also I was a huge comic book fan as a a kid. Mm. And if I had known that comic book movies would be a thing one day, oh, it would have blown my mind. (laughs) Yeah. So I would have been very excited for that. But Anyways, that's a whole nother thing. <laughs> yeah, being John Malkovich, very interesting. I think it's a great movie, and I remember loving it. Also, now I'm realizing I don't think I've seen this in more than 10 years. <laughs> so let's hope I still love it. Excellent. I'm excited to know if you still love it. But I'm thinking it's it's Charlie Kaufman, it's Spike Jones. I think I'm going to love it. That's awesome. It is awesome. So that's your homework, everyone out there. Watch Being John Malkovich. If you haven't seen it in a long time, check it out again. See if it still holds up. Grab a good beer, turn down the lights, watch Being John Malkovich. That's what we're going to do. Let's. Right now. I'm into it. Okay, let's go.